if there aren't jobs that require creativity, if there aren't jobs that require imagination, and if there aren't jobs that require essentially creating worlds that don't yet exist, then we're in a lot of trouble. You know, and I think that an engineer who doesn't understand, let's say, the historical context of the downtown in which they're building their bridge, then they're missing, you know, something really vital. It graces the walls of museums and galleries, plays out on stages and in concert halls, or comes to life in the pages of a book. The arts, visual, performing, or literary, are a great source of entertainment, fulfillment, even joy for many. They play a vital role in the education of many humane students and in communities across Maine and beyond. I'm Ron Lisnett, and this is the Maine Question Podcast. As Justin Wolf, a professor of art history at UMaine, points out, the arts aren't something separate from other aspects of our lives. Creativity and imagination, traits that are both essential to the creative process, are necessary for everyday problem solving. The Arts Initiative at UMaine promotes and even celebrates that fact. It was created to increase resources and support for the arts to enhance their visibility and significance on campus and beyond. Breaking down silos to allow art and science or business or engineering to work together. That's the topic we tackle on this episode of the Main Question podcast as we ponder the question, how can art help enrich our lives and solve everyday problems? With four guests on this episode, we'll start with a round of introductions, just to keep things straight. My name is George King, and I'm the senior, dual role senior executive director of cultural engagement and also the executive director and curator of the Zillman Art Museum. Hi, I'm Gretchen yes. Faulkner. I'm the director of the Hudson Museum and the Collins Center for the Arts. Amber? I'm Amber Roth. I'm Assistant Professor of Forest Wildlife Management in the School of Forest Resources and the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Conservation Biology here at the University of Maine. Right. And last but not least, Justin. Yeah, Justin Wolf. I am Professor of Art History in the Department of Art, and I'm also Chair of the Department of Art. The fact that we got this esteemed group together at the same time, I, I consider this uh, tr- this podcast a success already. So thank you all for, for making the time. We appreciate it. Maybe uh, let's start with you, George. Give us the, the origin of this arts initiative. How did it come to be? What is the goal? What's the genesis of this? Well, the University of Maine Arts Initiative was established by the Office of Research uh, with support of the president. And the aim was to get um, all of UMaine's uh, art uh, professors, uh, art cultural arts units together to begin working on projects together, collaborating, uh, innovative ways to link the creative research to other areas of the university, uh, STEM areas and really to inspire and encourage collaboration uh, among scholars who may not typically collaborate. So through these uh, initial uh, seed grants from the Office of Research, uh, they were uh, created to inspire that collaboration. uh, And while advancing creative activity, also uh, advance uh, UMaine's research potential uh, in the arts and in, in the STEM area. So for the rest of you, when you heard this arts initiative was uh, getting underway, what, what did you think? Did you, were you excited to, to hear about it? 
Oh, I was thrilled. I was delighted to hear about it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for it, I, I will add. You know, I think um, there's some superb uh, research and teaching taking place uh, at UMaine in the area of the arts, uh, both the fine arts, visual arts, performing arts, and we had some wonderful collections and exhibitions. And it was refreshing um, and morale boosting to, to have uh, the, the vice president's office um, you know, recognize that that the arts uh, are vital to the mission of a research one, you know, institution, and uh, that that we have a lot to offer, but also that the Office of Research has a lot to offer us uh, to, to advance, um, you know, our, our projects. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's been uh, wonderful and, and I don't want to sound cynical, but perhaps a little bit overdue. Gretchen, how about you? Um, I saw it as an exciting opportunity for the Hudson Museum to implement some projects that we had had kind of on the back burner for a while um, and was really excited uh, about the opportunity of the arts supporting the R1 mission of the University of Maine. For Amber, you look at everybody in this group and you're you're a bit of the outlier just because of what you do. But what did you think and how does what you do sort of fit into this picture? Yeah, so I, I, when I worked at a prior institution, I collaborated with an um, arts professor in visual arts, and um, we had really wonderful collaboration. And when I moved to the University of Maine, I kind of missed that collaboration and the synergy that happens when you um, have conversations about issues where you bring in perspectives from both science and arts, and it, it gives you a new way of thinking about how to solve problems. And um, and I missed that, and so I was really excited by this initiative because it kind of gave me an opening to kind of move back into that interface where um, I kind of felt it was missing. Um, and, you know, maybe that's reflective of what Justin said, you know, that, you know, maybe it was missing not just for me, but missing for a lot of other people on campus as well. So this was a great opportunity to kind of use, use other parts of my brain and think more creatively and um, think about how how arts and, and sciences can work together to, to solve problems in, in, in new ways. So George, obviously the arts are important here as an academic mission, but it, it goes beyond that. It goes into the local community and across the whole state. Can you sort of speak to that? It's not just a thing happening on campus here at UMaine for the students. Well, it, it is true. Um, our reach within the cultural units and the departments uh, related to the arts activities uh, is extensive. Um, the, the, in the case of these projects too, uh, the arts initiative is really extending that research through these projects and making a general awareness of the larger citizenry of, of uh, research activities at, at UMaine. It's really um, shining a greater lens on arts and culture uh, at UMaine, and also our re what the wonderful things that happening related to research activities at at UMaine as well. Justin, you of course teach in the arts, so that's that's your bread and butter. Um, what does this do to foster sort of a feeling of support, you know, for the inherent worth of the arts here at UMaine? 
Yeah, yeah. Good question. I mean, I, I again, as I was saying in my earlier statement, you know, I think first and foremost, um, it, it gives institutional acknowledgement to the the value of the arts, broadly broadly defined, to the broader mission of a research one institution. You know, we all know that that nationally, internationally, you know, the discourse uh, around employment and so forth has been there's been a great deal of emphasis on STEM. And you know, I, I don't want to create any kind of a, a tension or opposition. I mean, quite the opposite. You know, between the arts and STEM, but it's nice to have the institution acknowledge that the arts and the kind of um, creative problem solving. Uh, that that is involved and in the, in the critical thinking involved with with the arts, uh, both the making of the arts and and of course you know uh, this sort of evaluation and research of the arts um, are really vital uh, to not just the institution but to the state. I mean you know Maine is a state with a very deep and rich art historical uh, history, uh, needless to say, and um, you know it's it's it, it's a, a kind of history and and an attitude that the university is really wise to tap into um, and to really sort of generate a, a statewide conversation about uh, the value of the arts uh, to all the people of Maine. So again, you know, more than anything, it is an affirmation of the great research that's already been done. And it and and more practically, it's nice to have a bit more, you know, financial and institutional support around our projects too. We've mentioned it a couple times now. UMaine is now an R1 status university, so that's the highest you can reach in terms of a, a research level. How does this initiative play into that specifically? I mean, there there is research. You know, we, we think of research as test tubes and labs and and you know building bridges and stuff like that. But there's research going on in the arts. You might call it creative works or creative achievement, but research happens in the art world too, right? Yeah, this is Justin. I'll just say very briefly, you know, I think that if you look at other R1 institutions around the nation, um, they have a really broad support for the arts, for the humanities, and for the, the hard science disciplines and the social sciences, of course. You know, you need that full portfolio, that sort of holistic picture, I think, to really deserve R1. And my understanding is that um, you know, part of the discussions about UMaine becoming R1 was that it, it needed a bit more demonstration of, of the institutional support of the arts. Not that the, the arts researchers on campus weren't producing excellent work in the areas of hard research and in the areas of creative achievement, but that there needed to be greater synergy between the institution and its support for the arts. Um, so this is a critical step, I think, um, and, and a necessary one for R1 achievement. Okay, I've got one comment. Um, our project um, was a collaboration with Advanced Structures and Composite Center, which is uh, basically a, an entity that does not really integrate the arts. But through our project, the 3D replication project of the Tlingit Frog Helmet, um, they attracted attention from the Smithsonian and now see a pathway to replication of indigenous objects for other institutions. So it got them thinking in new directions, looking at their technology and how it could be used for arts institutions. That was the seed grant that you received, right, Gretchen? Correct. I'd like to add just, uh, I agree with Justin's comments. Um, arts are extremely important for R1 uh, status. This is being uh, centers for uh, inquiry and, and creative thought. And we did an interesting exercise. We looked at 
um, and, and I'm just commenting on the art museum side of things, we looked at um, what we're comparing apples to apples. We were looking at how many R1s that are land grant that uh, also are flagship institutions. And what we noted is that there are 24 of them that fit that criteria. And in the case of the art museum, all of them have really strong and uh, uh, noted art institutions, art museums. So they value collections and, and creative research that happens in the, the museum field, but also you know the collections and things that are available as a resource for, for faculty and student researchers and things like that. So I definitely think that the arts are very vital to that R1 status. And, and when you just survey the land and that little exercise that we um, uh, you know, had a, uh, we did, we were very happy to, to see that the, they, the, the R1s all had very strong uh, art museums. So, so what does this look like on the ground? You, you mentioned a couple times seed grants. Can, can each of you talk about the, we heard, Gretchen, what your seed grant, uh, what that funded, but uh, the seed grants, the, the rest of you were able to, to get. Talk about those and, and what is happening with those. Uh, yeah, well, the, the first round of seed grants, uh, this is Justin, um, the University of Maine Arts Initiative seed grants. Uh, the first round was for projects that uh, were to be completed by the end of, I believe it was January 23. And so those are, for the most part, complete. Um, the, the seed grant that I was involved with um, was a co-PI on, along with David Hart from the Mitchell Center, Jasmine Saros from the Climate Change Institute, and Susan Smith, uh, graduate coordinator of the Intermedia Programs, and, and myself, was called the Art and Creative Ecology Series. And it was, it funded... Um, a number of different kinds of events from uh, keynote lectures to uh, to faculty workshops uh, to creative uh, Zoom events and to graduate student workshops uh, around this concept of creative ecologies, which is a, a really sort of international, uh, a notion of, of international scope that most basically, I think, is at the heart of, of the Humane Arts Initiative, which is a uh, the sort of creative intersection uh, uh, and the creation of new kinds and modes of thinking um, that connects uh, uh, STEM ways of knowing with humanities ways of knowing with creative ways of knowing and imaginative ways of knowing to, and this is really key, to address key issues that impact humanity. In our particular case, it was around questions of ecology, uh, also, you know, ecological sustainability and also social sustainability. And, um, so we were able to, without getting too granular, bring in some of the top scholars in the field to introduce our faculty and students to this really fascinating concept and, and how perhaps, and this is key, how this seed grant might seed additional funding and, uh, and seed also greater collaboration among uh, curious folks on this campus about ways that we can come together and create new ways of knowing to solve really pressing problems. So it was a broad, broad project. Um, 
that that had broad appeal as well. So very exciting, and hopefully it will seed new funding and and new uh, collaborations both on and off campus. Now, now, Amber, I know you study birds, so uh, seed grant almost sounds like a pun. But just talk about <laughs> talk about uh, how you were able to to leverage the 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 funding that you got. Well, that's a good question. Um, so. Um, a lot of my research is focused on um, migratory animals, birds and monarch butterflies. A big part of what we're trying to understand is um, how what's happening with these animals and these animals are in sharp decline. Why is that? Um, what's happening on their, their migrations? And um, part of our uh, way of learning about what's happening is using some newer technology called the MODIS wildlife tracking system, which involves um, putting small tags on animals and, and following their movements and um, having uh, an automated uh, receiving system that's always listening for these tags um, is a really integral part of the research. And so a, a part of the seed grant project was actually installing one of these automated receiving stations on the University of Maine campus um, that will help us with our research, um, not just my research, but as an opportunity for all scientists across campus to use this new infrastructure. Um, and this infrastructure is part of a network that um, scientists all over the world are using. So it's not just about, you know, what's happening at the University of Maine, but it's about research being conducted all over the Western Hemisphere and how we're part of that network and 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 a more integral part of that in, um, network now than we were before. So, so this is kind of helping to facilitate new projects for research and for education. This is a great opportunity for students to learn about physics and computer science and biology um, as they think about how um, the technology works. And so it, it really can blend a lot of different um, fields together um, in our attempt to kind of understand what's happening with, um, with these animals. And you know, the, the arts part of our seed grant, um, we were you know, very much interested in um, an important conservation issue, which was bird window collisions. And how can we bring the science and art together to address that issue and and do so by using, you know, you know, through the education of high school students um, and kind of show them that you can bring together art and science in a meaningful way to solve uh, conservation problems and kind of showed them some of the science, um, gave them the opportunity to create um, some art in the form of window clings that would actually create visual deterrence from birds striking windows, um, but to do so in a really attractive, um, aesthetically pleasing way, allow students to kind of really be creative and thinking about the designs they want to use and, and and making them practical so that, you know, we're actually saving birds in the end. Well, and if I could just uh, add to that, you know, our, the seed grant, the Zillman uh, Art Museum's collaboration with Amber and her student researchers, uh, PhD students and others, it, it truly was a um, multifaceted project in the sense that, and thematic, uh, because we the the general topic was birds, so uh, for this same group of of uh, students, high school students from 
uh, underserved areas of the state in Washington County, they had the opportunity to uh, engage in a curatorial practice project at the museum that related to bird spe- various bird species um, from a, a, a collector that had loaned the works to us. So they actually curated an exhibition and wrote, researched and wrote about the birds and were involved in the aspects of the, the curatorial process there. And then also the project too, if we think about the idea of uh, introducing students to careers and experiences working with researchers on the UMaine campus, that certainly happened with Amber, the, the educational component of that, which happened on the Orono campus as well as the museum. So these students got a really in-depth experience of of, uh, the UMaine campus and researchers and what they're doing uh, day in and day out uh, at at the university. So so we really think that it it hit a number of key points and, and aims that we had from the outset of designing the project, which in itself, was truly collaborative as we as we kind of put this project together and and that's the interesting thing about collaboration so really at on on the front end before you really embark on on these projects that uh, we had some really uh wonderful conversations about what is possible and and how this would benefit uh the students the the mission of the museum and, and uh, advanced humane's research areas and p- research potential in uh, Amber's particular a- area with the MODIS wildlife tracking station. So that's great, Gretchen. You you mentioned that the idea that a, a direct source of funding really fosters a feeling of support uh, for the arts. Can you talk about that? The arts have specific funding agencies that they can apply for funding for, but this project was an interdisciplinary project that involved uh, using the Advanced Structures and Composites Center for 3D replication, as well as involving intermedia students in the the specific project. Um, It was innovative. The only other institution that really has been doing this is the Smithsonian. On a, on a limited scale. The um, other thing that we wanted to do was document the project, create an exhibit, as well as create a technical publication that would assist other institutions in the process. So the technical publication um, talk gave sort of a history of the object. It also prevented, presented uh, Tlingit voice, um, the cultural context of the object, and then had a technical discussion of the specific technology that the Advanced Structures and Composite Center used. And then uh, things that should be thought about in the future. Um, who maintains the digital uh, data that was that was generated from the project? The information with for the object scans, whose intellectual property is that? So it also raised some interesting questions and, and things to think about in the future. Part of the the job of the arts sometimes is to to communicate an idea to a 
a broader audience or the public. And, and Amber, you're a scientist, but you need to also communicate your ideas uh, and what you find. So can, can, you, can you each or anybody jump in, just talk about the idea of using the arts to communicate. I would say sometimes communication isn't the strong suit of some scientists. And so um, working with artists it provides an opportunity to think about new ways of communicating. In particular, like I think about some of the you know, work I've been involved with. And, you know, I think about, you know, I talk to people about like putting things on their windows to print, prevent bird window collisions, for example. And, you know, one of the feedbacks I get is, you know, well, we can put this you know, there's tape you can put on your windows to prevent collisions. Um, you know, they're like vertical strips of tape and people say, well, I look out my window and I feel like I'm in a prison cell. <laughs> and, um, you know, and and there's better ways of uh, applying things to your windows that, you know, don't need to make you feel like you're you're incarcerated. So, you know, so, so I think there's, you know, and people don't want that kind of that's not the message that they want to send to people in their home either, right? And so, you know, so just in terms of visual communication, how do we make it so that people want to do the right thing and um, make it attractive for them to do so and 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 make it um, something that people want to do um, and not feel like they have to do it, but they don't like the way it looks. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of ways in which we can improve um, the science by working with artists to kind of come up with better ways of communicating um, solutions. And, and a lot of times they can bring in social and cultural perspective that might be missing and, and might really improve acceptance of um, projects um, in the end. So. Yeah, this is Justin again. I, I mean, talk. Amber, I really love the way that you, you, you explained that, 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 that art doesn't just serve science through visualizing data, right? I mean, there is a field of data visualization in which data can be, you know, literally visualized through graphs or through color, you know, charts. Um, but but the arts have a lot more to offer science than just the visualization of data. And you know, um, you know, the arts deal with emotional and imaginative language, and emotional and imaginative ways of understanding things, and. Um, and I think that working together with science, right, that uh, that artists can amplify both scientific information, but also these essential ways of understanding the world uh, to solve these common problems. Data alone is not enough. And, you know, the arts can imagine futures. And that's a really vital thing. And, and I think Amber explained that well. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, Gretchen. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I guess what I was going to point out is that museums present to the public um, we we present our collections, we present exhibitions in a way that engages the public. And many uh, scientific publications, the, the technical publications are difficult for the public to access. So we bring a way of communicating uh, information and data to the public um, that allows them to access this. Does this sort of shine a light on the importance of the arts and in, in the creative economy and the creation of jobs? There are jobs, you know, we think of jobs as engineers and doctors and lawyers and, and what have you, but there are jobs in the creative economy and in the arts world, right? So is this helping to, to promote that a little bit? George, no, we already have you? an example, Ron. Um, the Hudson Museum um, collaborated also with the Intermedia Programs. 
And one of the individuals that collaborated on our project is a boat builder. And he is currently helping the Portland Museum of Art uh, with a little conservation project on a, a canoe that belongs to the Hudson Museum. So it introduced him to the museum field and then allowed him an opportunity to help prepare an object in our collection for exhibition at the Portland Museum of Art. So it had a, a direct spin-off in the project. Ron, I get uh, questions all the time from parents. You know, what what's my what's my student gonna? What kind of a job are they gonna get with a uh, with an arts degree? Whether it's art history or art education or studio art, you know, I I really want to uh, um, emphasize that there really is a false narrative out there that there aren't jobs uh, in these fields. Um, you know, of course, there are jobs for engineers and and for computer scientists, you know, and uh, for biologists and so forth. Um, but what I would say to anybody is that if there aren't jobs that require um, creativity, if there aren't jobs that require imagination, and if there aren't jobs that require um, essentially creating worlds uh, that um, that don't yet exist, then we're in a lot of trouble. You know, And I think that an engineer who doesn't understand, let's say the historical context of the downtown in which they're building their bridge, um, then they're missing you know, something really vital. So uh, on a practical level, our students do get jobs. There are jobs in the arts, uh, museums, nonprofits, uh, publishing, galleries, uh, you know, studio artists themselves are essentially entrepreneurs, if you think about it, right? Um, and then, of course, academia, which is, uh, I will say, I think everyone here will agree, uh, a wonderful place to work. Um, so... So yes, um, you know it's a really important question, and I appreciate you asking it because I think part of this this initiative, uh, it's it, part of its mission is to dispel the myth uh, that there isn't uh, an economic value, uh, both socially, culturally, and individually or personally, um, in in the arts and, and creative activity. I think uh, you know to add to that, I mean one of our our um, goals at the Zoma and Art Museum as well is to introduce our humane students uh, to careers in the museum field um, to make sure that it is on their radar as they, uh, if they're studio art or art history, uh, to understand that uh, there are a wide range of career options in museums. And we've done that through our partnership with the art department and our curatorial uh, internship program where our, our uh, very talented, humane students have gone on in many cases to graduate studies at very competitive uh, programs, but also bringing it back to the Humane Arts Initiative with this seed grant, we also wanted to expose these high school students to careers in museums and museums and with a little behind the scenes glimpse of what the various staff members do to, um, you know, support the operations of the museums and collections care and and things like that. So, and on the on the museum education side, so we we think that that's very important to introduce students to careers in the in the field as well. So we always sort of end with a, a question, sort of along these lines. But for for all of you, just maybe a quick comment where where you see all of this headed, what might be learned from the first round of seed grants as this initiative gets off the ground here? Uh, where could this head in five to 10 years? What, what, what do you guys think? Uh, Justin here, I'll chime in quickly. Uh, you know, A, um, more funding. 
um, uh, you know, external funding, and I think that's very much a part of these seed grants, is that they would seed uh, additional funding, both internal and external. Uh, so certainly in, in, in you know, the area, that the, the grant area that I was working on, the notion of creative ecologies, love to get more funding uh, to work with other institutions and other scholars uh, to explore this really rich concept further. Um, and then, you know, um, perhaps, as you say, 10 years out, perhaps the establishment of new institutes and centers on this campus that um, that are interdisciplinary, uh, that bring together social scientists, scientists, and of course, uh, humanities and, and arts, uh, uh, you know, intellectuals uh, to, to address the world's most pressing problems. Amber, Gretchen, your thoughts? I can jump in. So I, I think a lot of people think of art and sci science as separate silos. And I think this is a great program that highlights the value of integrating the two together and that um, by doing so, you come up with new tools, new approaches and ways of doing things that may not have happened otherwise. And so bringing together these different perspectives actually makes for better solutions in the end. Um, so I think that that's a really important product of this is showing that the value of bringing the arts and sciences together. Gretchen, your thoughts? Yeah, our project was a proof of concept. And I think, uh, again, um, that was key. And that once the initial work was done, it means that we can then leverage uh, additional funding for other replication projects um, of different types here. I'll just say that the, the Humane Arts Initiative, it's still in its infancy as a, as a group. So in the first year, uh, quite a lot was, was learned and how the whole uh, nature of collaboration and think, bringing people together. So uh, I think, you know, as we move forward with these projects, um, we were able to identify through the first round some very successful outcomes and what worked really well uh, with these types of projects. And the, the all of the seed grant recipients gave a public presentation of their of their findings of the project. So there were so now we have a model of success. Uh, and and uh, so it's not really creating something from scratch. There's all there's there's kind of a roadmap for future collaborations, and I'm hoping with, you know, continued support and increased uh, financial support in this area, we'll be able to have uh, additional uh, grant rounds. We do have um, the second seed grant. Uh, round um, and a, a one that relates to uh, tying into MEIF funding as well. So I'm I'm hopeful that they will be able to grow the initiative of and um, continue collaboration with other colleagues uh, across the UMAIN. Well, it's exciting to think about where this has been already and where it could head. But thank you so much, all of you, for uh, for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking us out. You can find all of our episodes on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, UMaine's YouTube page, as well as Amazon and Audible. Questions or comments, send them along to mainquestion at maine.edu. This is Ron Lisnett. We'll catch you next time on The Main Question. <laughs>